0: Throw another log on the fire. Welcome back to the Campfire Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Matt. Joining me today is Chase Hi. and Rich. It's good
1: to be back.
0: It is. This is the first time for you it's guys me and this Chase year. Chase is back. Yeah, our first, first time back, back, back again. For, twen-
1: for 2020.
0: Nice. Are you guys super excited?
1: Dude, of course. Yeah.
0: Hopefully, our listening audience is too. Yeah. So, well, they better be. Yeah. Did you guys have a good holiday? Yeah. Did, yeah. holidays did. Yeah. Holidays. Always busy, but. Yeah, cool, cool.
1: yeah. Christmas is always a really big, a big, busy time for me and my family. So. Oh
0: God, yeah. I was I was exhausted when I came back from visiting my family. So,
1: mm-hmm. cool.
0: Well, let's jump into this. Cool. Let's get started with the easy First. question, the one I like uh, asking when I host here.
1: The beginning segment.
0: The beginning one. Hopefully, our listeners aren't getting bored at this one. But what is everybody playing today, or playing now? Yeah, today. What have nothing. you been playing? What have you been playing since we last talked to you? Chase, I guess that's probably been a yeah. while, but Rich has been like a month, month and a half, so... Yeah,
2: yeah. I was I was on December. What are you talking about?
0: Yeah, okay. I was one in December, but... Uh, Start with Chase. Yeah, Chase, what are you playing? Well, mine's probably...
2: Well, okay, so I continue to play Rocket League and Counter-Strike with my main friend group, but the Wait goal is... Wait a second, we're my, not
0: your main friend group? Uh... Uh, one main friend group. Exposed. <laughs> <laughs> Joining us today on the Campfire Gaming Podcast <laughs> is just Rich no. because we're cutting <laughs> Chase out.
1: Yeah. we're making we're making some cutbacks.
0: Uh,
2: but I think the goal is uh, 2020 is to become a full-fledged gamer. <laughs> In my eyes by you Whoa. guys suggesting games and maybe me
0: picking up something. One of us. Should we start start making play solitaire? Yeah, you got to start from the very beginning. Oh man. 3D 3D pinball? We're going to
1: resurrect bonus.com and make <laughs> you play all the Flash games. First.
0: All right, so what would you say? Rocket League and Counter-Strike. Counter-Strike. Okay, yep. cool, cool. How about you, Rich? What have you been playing over the Over the, the long holiday? Yeah.
1: Well, I got really excited about Halo the Master Chief Collection coming to PC. Yeah? And then I realized I stopped playing that as fast as I started playing it. Really? Um, Why? The competitive is really odd because at some point, I don't know if it's just... The movement or me not use me not being used to playing Halo on a mouse and keyboard, but having controller players intermingle in a competitive environment with keyboard players seems to be very lopsided. Okay. The um as far as I know, unless you're, you know, you know, basically a literal god on mouse and keyboard, you're not gonna hold a candle to anybody who's playing on controller.
2: Really, I thought it would have been the opposite.
1: That's what a lot of people thought. But because of the, the aim assist, the uh, amount of bullet okay. magnetism that's actually part of Halo Reach. Now I'm not sure if that's part of Halo Reach. I don't r I mean it's been a long time since I played Halo Reach because I didn't really like Reach that much, but it's Halo on PC, so I have to play it. Yep. So I wasn't I don't remember if the magnetism was already that strong. However, when you're playing on mouse and keyboard, you are much more likely to you know miss one to two shots when you're in like a like a DMR battle like one v one DMR battle with somebody and the person on controller is way more likely to hit you all five times than you are to hit them all five times you know just five shots right in a row so you're playing at what feels like a really big disadvantage once you start climbing that the the ranking system which is just the the numeric system from Halo 2
0: okay so the you, know, you get true to like skill?
1: Yeah, I I don't remember if it was called True Skill back in Halo 2. I remember that being part of Halo 3, but... So you got, like, the numbers, right? You just go from 1 to 50? Yeah. Sort of, yeah, it's that thing. Once you start getting into, like, that mid-20s, lower-30s, it seems like a lot of people are using controller, and they do very, very well with it.
2: And you mean controller connected to the PC? Correct.
1: Okay. Okay. And so I kind of stopped playing that because, I mean, I'm of the opinion that, you know, I playing Halo on PC to play mouse and keyboard. If I want to stay competitive, if I want to play controller, I'll just go play on the Xbox. Yeah. I would rather play it on the Xbox cuz then I mean I can go play Halo 3 then. I can go play Halo 2. I I love those games way more than I love Reach. Yeah. So I can play that. So I stopped playing that and then I switched over into um I'm back to playing Quake Live, which okay. has been a blast. Yeah. I missed that game so much. I don't know why I stopped playing. Cool. I've been having so much fun. And then uh, Counter-Strike and I've been loving my vr headset so i finally got my my vr headset in the mail beat I've been, saber i've been playing a shitload of beat saber it's been great i, I also bought um gorn and super hot vr over the uh over the christmas break nice I've been playing those as well i haven't heard of
0: gorn maybe i've seen it but yeah it's super hot uh, i heard it's a lot of fun
1: oh super hot is amazingly fun especially in vr it, it works out super well
0: really yeah cool so all over the place with games i kind of gave my update. i'm a gamer
1: dude i'm a hardcore gamer yeah
0: i kind of gave my update in the last podcast but i didn't get a lot of time to play over the break just some odds and ends with the family members while i was home with reach and what do you do, castle crashers and some random random stuff with my one buddy here and there Wreckfest, i think it was what it was called what On is Wreckfest? so this is kind of cool i won't go too much into it but uh it's like a Destruction Derby game, but you hmm. can also do races, but they have a lot of weird vehicles in it. Nice. Okay. Lawn mowers, and couch cars, and big combines, and yeah, it's crazy, so it's a lot of fun. Cool. Well, sounds like uh, playing a bunch of fun games here. I'm excited for, for all the new games coming in 2020. 2020. sounds like it's going to be a big year. It's going to be a blast. Uh, you can listen to our podcast last week where Cullen and I went over a bunch of the big hitters. Um, Although we'll talk about a few of them again today here in the news, um, yeah. but we'll get to that here shortly. Uh, let's well, let's jump into the news in general. Um, so, kind of a bummer here. Um, a local company, Fantasy Flight Games, uh, mm-hmm. they make a lot of board games. Yep. If you play a lot of card games too, and card games. Yep. I think. Do they do some miniature stuff too? I think so. Yeah. So if you play they're a lot, they're heavily
1: of, invested in like the the tabletop space.
0: Yeah. So if you've played a bunch, if you like playing those type of games, you've probably played games by them. They, in what was it, 2017 built Fantasy Flight Interactive, which was my They're, understanding to start building digital games, maybe even yeah, convert some I of their older library. Yeah, the
1: aim was to try and make like AAA quality like video games. Yeah. I think that was what the idea was because they have, and Fantasy Flight mentions this too um, on their website. They talk about how they have, they've always kind of occupied the digital space to a degree. Um, if you've ever played the game, uh, I think it's Mansions of Madness I actually just got to playing that just recently which was a blast but they have it's a board game that's kind of similar to um, Betrayal on the house in the hill or whatever I can't remember if that's what the actual title of the game is which is dumb because I have it uh, but it's supplemented with like a mobile app It's a there's a mobile app portion of the game Uh, where you have like yeah where it gives you like different events and things that happen and kind of describes what is going on on the board. Right. Um, I've played couple of those. Those are nice. It's yeah. It was well. That was my first time interacting with something like that. It was a lot of fun. So I mean, that's kind of kind of a bummer that yeah they're closing shop. Right. The good news is Fantasy Fantasy Flight Flight Games
0: is not closing. It's the interactive side. So yeah, Tim. hopefully i said your name right uh he's i believe it was co-founder and uh he announced on linkedin this past couple weeks that they'll be closing at the end of february so that's kind of a a bummer to see that happen Uh, but again the good news is as far as i understand it's not going to affect their tabletop and card game and all that stuff so yeah i don't think so but this was
1: like and then they were located out of wisconsin Right? No, they're... Um, Fantasy Flight Interactive was located out of Oh, Wisconsin. okay,
0: the Interactive. Uh, yeah. Sure, I don't know. I guess I thought they were just up there in north of Minneapolis with the well, rest Well, that's of where Fantasy them. Flight yeah. Games is. I yeah, thought they were but... all co-located, but mm-hmm. oh, I was wrong. Jeez, I'll I'll leave this show. Nice Me and going. Chase will leave. We're just no good at this. Yeah, anyway. it's just rich do you do any
1: left? research, Matt? Do you read? Apparently, I
0: don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, some news coming out of um, 2K. Um, they announced the formation of Cloud Chamber, um, a studio in Navato, California. Um, what's significant about this is they're going to be the new studio to handle the, f- the Bioshock franchise moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, there's been rumors for a couple years about like games in development. Um, there was heavy rumor that certain affinity down in, I believe they're Austin, Texas, um, there was rumor that they were building out a Bioshock game, but apparently, 2K took it away in 2017 and built this in-house studio that's going to handle the franchise. And they're in the or they're starting up, building up. Uh, uh, I'm going to call it Bioshock 4. Who knows what the name is going to actually be? Yeah.
1: They're going to continue the Bioshock franchise. It's yeah. not over. Yeah, and we're, we're seeing still this a lot. Get more Bioshock games.
0: We're seeing this a lot with uh, publishers and companies like, especially Microsoft who- you know, they're making these studios dedicated for this franchise. Mm-hmm. So,
1: yeah, it's an interesting trend, I think. It,
0: it, it, uh, yeah, where they're like
1: segmenting off the studios even more and kind of creating little tinier studios so that they can be very like siloed into something very specific.
0: focused on like again, a franchise in this case. So yeah, um, I don't think it's necessarily new. I think we're just seeing a lot of studios. Well, it's becoming a trend trend, yeah. yeah.
1: I'm not saying it's a new concept. yeah, it, it's a trend that's now becoming more relevant,
0: yeah. So, no, that's really cool. I really like the Bioshock games. Do you play through any or all of them? Nope. Re- none of them at all?
1: Nope. Same. I have watched somebody play Bioshock 1.
0: Okay. that's actually could be a good game for Chase to start out with. So, all these Bioshock you games start like are yeah, one storyline then? Or? I,
1: ha- <laughs> I have it on Steam. I have them all on Steam. Ooh, there you go. never wait, played them. What? <laughs> so i i played steam sale dude that's what no, happens I suppose, you just suppose, buy yeah. a crap ton of games and you just don't play them yeah,
0: exactly it's a collection game steam itself is a collection game well so <laughs> um yeah so i played all three of them i really loved the first one it was it was a lot of fun the second one was all right but uh it it focused around rapture which was what the first game was about this underwater city mm-hmm. um so kind of that that uh, mystery and uh, everything was not spoiled but you'd already been there right so it was now just the story which was still pretty decent um but it was like oh, i've already been in rapture that's pretty you know it's cool but i don't know uh the third one was a lot of fun that went to oh god what was that place called um i don't know it, it basically went to the sky so it was this sky city they used like yeah it, it was weird these so floating games. platforms at houses and and buildings and things were all built on. Yeah, it was a pretty cool idea. I can't think of the name of it now. The name Infinite? of that that city. No, it's Bioshock Infinite was the name of the. Oh, I thought you were saying what was the, the, name game. Of the game? No, I can't. I can't remember the name of the the city, the floating city, Cloud it's, City. Sure, not that. But these games,
2: like all, are they're, in the same universe. They go Yeah, like, they're all the same. Lines, then
0: or yeah, okay. So, um, yeah, it, it's it's all in the same universe. But again, it's, it, some of the characters aren't. It's not like a continuation like you'd see, one, you know, like Halo 1, 2, and 3, you're following right, Master right, Chief. Right, right. It's not that type of continuation. Yeah. So, that's cool. Uh, excited to see what comes out of that studio. Um,
1: It'll be a Bioshock game, probably.
0: <laughs> <I was sorry>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's the coffee, man. I, yeah. I don't know. Like, the coffee's yeah. bringing out the, the inner asshole.
0: I, 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 need the, I need some coffee, I guess, too. <laughs> um, in the vein of talking about opening studios, um, EA has... Um, Basically, they haven't really opened, I guess. They've converted um, EA Dice in, uh, where would I say, L.A., mm-hmm. right? So basically what they did was this L.A. studio used to help Stockholm, Stockholm Dice, yeah. who makes Battlefield, kind yep. of make their game. So basically yep. they're converting that over into a new studio and giving Vince Pella who's co-founder of Respawn Entertainment, best known for Apex Legends, Titanfall, what they do, Jedi Fallen. Jedi Fallen Order, Order yep. recently. Um and he's Call gonna Call of Duty back uh, in the day. Yeah, that was back within Infinity like Ward. I guess yeah, I guess he found co founded uh Infinity Ward too and yeah
1: and Yep, they did Call of
0: Duty. So uh they're they're creating this new studio and he'll be taking it over. Um it's rumored that they're just gonna rebrand it, which makes sense, you know, since they're not gonna they're not gonna be helping out with future battlefields. They're it's like their own studio and they're gonna make their own games, whatever that is now. So I think that's pretty cool. Vince Vince has proven he, he knows how to make good games. So. Well, I
1: mean, I'm hoping that they, uh, they leave Respawn in good hands. Yeah. I, I, I mean, Vince is like, you know, he's the kind of guy that does really good stuff. And yeah. he, he motivates, it seems like he motivates everyone else to be really free to do what they want as far as development. And then because of that freedom, I mean, Titanfall 2 was an incredible game. You know.
0: It was. Titanfall 2 was great. It's probably cheap I mean, now if you've Titanfall never played it. So Titanfall 1 was fun. Titanfall 1 fun. was basically yeah. just multiplayer. Like fun. And I loved it. So, yeah. Um, th- I forget that I didn't... I guess apparently I didn't write in the notes here. Uh, they did leave... I think it's the guy who led Jedi Fallen Order is in charge of the studio now. But Vincent Pello isn't like completely leaving Respawn. He's going to, I think, be on like the board or kind of help oversee it. But okay. he's going to be leading this new... Um, you oh, should studio. be able to do some cool stuff with that. Yeah, I'm. I'm excited. Uh, yeah. Again, he everything he's touched so far, from I think he was even it wasn't his studio or anything, but I think he worked on Medal of Honor way back in the day when that was popular. It's possible. Like Allied Assault, I think. Yeah, because
1: a bunch of the Medal of Honor guys went and made Call of Duty.
0: That's yeah. That's that's they left and created Infinity Ward. And, right, yeah. and then Call of Duty and yeah, so, so I, I think fun he,
1: trivia if you didn't know that already. Yeah. Hmm.
0: Now you can use it on Jeopardy.
1: Yep. Or so, your trivia, your bar trivia night. You're, there you go. Be an expert in the video game category that doesn't exist.
0: I I've been to trivia nights and they never have like a video. Don't no, have game a video
1: and, game category, which is bullshit.
0: Yeah, with all the millennials going out there, and you know, uh, it's like we're we've been gaming, and yeah, I don't know, but gaming is a culture. Yeah, good news, good news there for for Vince. So, uh, C C E S Computer Electronic Show, something like that. I don't know.
1: Consumer, Consumer electronics. Yeah,
0: way show. off way off anyways that happened a couple weeks ago yep um and although this is unfortunately a concept device which means who knows if it's ever going to happen dell showed off their alienware ufo do you guys get to see this yeah Yep. i'm excited looks like a nintendo switch it basically looks (coughs) like an yeah nintendo switch it runs (laughs) pc but
1: it looks so like spec wise i think it's they're trying to push it to be way more powerful than a switch
3: yeah
0: i think the idea here is to have basically pc gaming like mobile in your hands but not like mobile phone type mobile right
1: no yeah you want good quality games not gotcha games right and
2: then they put so this is what i'm excited about is like the switch took a really good concept like how the device is made is spot on and now if someone can take that and transform it to other games besides nintendo I'm excited for it.
1: Yeah, it was quite the innovation. I mean, and that and they just proved that, I mean, just given the like the size of the Nintendo Switch that people are willing to, you know, pack that around and play it on buses and airplanes and friends' houses. I mean, that's what I usually use mine for is I bring mine to friends' houses and we, you know, play some couch games because those are still fun.
0: Yeah. No, it, it's pretty exciting. Again, uh, the few specs that they had here is 8-inch screen. Is that I think it's similar to the Switch. Is that Switch is a 7 or an 8?
1: So I think it's a 7. Yeah.
0: So a little bigger, has a nice resolution of 1900 by 1200, just like a Switch detachable controller and a kickstand and stuff like that. And what's really cool, too, is just like the Switch, it literally is just a PC <laughs> yeah. Switch. The bigger is. Yeah. Is it's the bigger Switch. You can hook it to an external display. I don't know if that'd be through like a dock or something like that, or if it's just HDMI like port. Like a Switch. Like a switch, right? <laughs> um, and use mouse and keyboard. So you know if it's That's powerful, cool. yeah. If it's powerful enough, cool. you could literally buy. If you're buying
1: almost a budget yeah. PC,
0: yeah. So if you if it's not if you don't want to be like on the cutting edge of graphics, always have everything on extreme. But you're okay with a good good PC that you can take with you. This potentially, if it ever actually gets manufactured for consumers, could be really cool. Yeah, and a lot of fun. So I'd be interested. I guess. Yeah, I'd, right. I'd be interested depending on the price point. But yeah, Alienware, who is what they were bought by Dell forever ago. So, mm-hmm. But yeah, so exciting there. So this is still more news, but kind of threw it in my notes section as just its own section because it's just been crazy. We got a lot of them. This have been a lot of delays.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Over the last like, what?
0: couple week. of
1: weeks. Or week. Yeah, we've only been a with- week. Yeah. We've been just getting slapped with tons of delays for a bunch of different games, so including some high-profile ones. Yeah.
0: Do you want to start this off? Go, Go ahead. for it. Oh, okay. I'll kick you it You got the here. notes, man. I, you don't have notes, too? Wrote I do, but I'm letting you talk. All right. So, they, I think the users all just, if they could vote, they probably don't want to hear me talk more than I have to. So, anyways, Square Enix Final Fantasy VII has been delayed. Good news is bah, bah, bah. it's only by like a month. So, it went from yeah. March 3rd to April 10th. Yeah. So, you Enemy, know...
1: I mean, it looks good. It still looks good.
0: Yeah. So... It was just... It, I just kind of had to chuckle. I saw all these delays coming through, yeah. and I was like, oh, it's only a month. That really does suck for people that have been waiting forever for this. Right. But, yeah. What? April five 10th. Weeks, something like that. Yeah.
1: Yep. April 10th, you'll get your Final Fantasy fix.
0: Yeah. So... Uh, The next one is still under Square Enix, but from their studio, Crystal Dynamics, who are making Marvel's Avengers. This is a bigger delay. This went from, apparently I didn't write the initial release date, but all the way to September 4th. I think that was coming out in March or April. So it got pushed back, what, four or five months there. So um, what do we got? We got Scott Amos and Ron Rosenberg, co-heads of Crystal Dynamics, wrote, We'll spend this additional development time focusing on fine-tuning and polishing the game. To the high standards our fans expect and deserve, so I, I thought that was pretty cool. And I mean, I, I don't know a ton about Marvel's Avengers, but it sounds like it's it's going to be doing the whole uh, was it games as a or as a service, the open world, basically like a Destiny or a Borderlands. So yeah, uh, you know live the division services. live service. That's the that's the term I was looking for. So I'm not too worried. Those extra couple months for that type of game is probably good. It's better than. Pushing it out and trying to have it fix or trying to fix it later, like many of those games have done through well, the years now. Yeah, I'm
2: hoping people are starting to learn their lesson on releasing stuff that's not finished. Right, like you, you, we've seen that last year with a couple of big games that you release stuff that it's isn't true. finished. People get very unhappy, and you have a very hard time getting anyone back. Yeah, to play it. Oh, I, that,
1: I mean, that could be a whole podcast discussion right there. Is you know, yeah, you know, the the concept of releasing kind of quote MVP. Games and the the concept of the usage of the roadmap. Yeah. How you know it's basically a big list of unfulfilled promises. I,
0: I think that's what's plagued. Um, if we're just using consoles as kind of a time period, this past generation is this, this PlayStation Four and Xbox One generation. I think that's it's plagued a lot of games and studios. Yeah. Uh, this seven years, I think twenty thirteen like is when yeah. it all came 2013 out. Twenty
1: thirteen to now.
0: Yeah. So. But
1: uh, May fifteenth was the original release date for marvel's avengers and that is getting pushed up to what is that september, september 4th september 4th
0: yeah so again not a ton if of you time hyped for
1: that game you am just gonna have to wait a couple you'll have to wait past the summer to exactly. get your hands on it
0: but pushes it into the fall schedule where there's probably a ton more games especially with new consoles on the horizon yeah this, this so, fall
1: schedule is looking mighty packed yeah uh
0: another delay was iron man vr that was delayed to may 15th i think that was another one of those only about a month or so yeah um i think that probably only affects a small group of people it does look cool some of the videos i was watching you know
1: i mean yeah. now that i have a vr kit i could consider it but it wasn't a game that i was that i really had on my radar yeah me personally but yeah, yeah. if you were excited about that then
0: yeah it looked cool but and have i have vr but i probably would
1: play, play half-life alex for another month there or you so. go
0: so there was a bunch of other delays um you know there was actually quite a few other ones, but. The big hitter that uh, in our last one here on the list, this is the bummer, a big bummer to me, is CD, CD Project Red Cyberpunk 2017.
1: 2077.
0: You're right. Not 2017. That was <laughs> a couple years ago. You know, I'm mixing the new release date with the 2077. Anyways, it's been delayed from April to September 17th. Uh, which is a big bummer cd project red's official twitter stated we are currently at a stage where the game is complete and playable but there's still work to be done night city is massive full of stories content and places to visit but due to sheer scale and complexity of it all we need more time to finish playtesting fixing and polishing so
1: and i think the real big bummer news out of that is that they're going into crunch mode yeah that's what i think a lot of people are a little sour about like as far as the delay i haven't seen a lot of uh, you know any personalities or news or anything like that about people getting really pissed that it's being delayed i've seen more about people being a little bummed that cd project red is going to have to go into crunch mode to make that that deadline because nobody likes hearing about their game developers having to go through like really strenuous schedules to meet a deadline
0: yeah and i mean to that i mean what is it adam kukur joint CEO was asked this question. I guess a uh, CD project red did like a press conference when they announced all this stuff and a few other things. And they were asked that question and, and he said to some degree, yes, to be honest, we try to limit crunch as much as possible, but in its final stage, yeah, we try to be reasonable in this regard, but yes, unfortunately. So, I mean, I, I'd like, I'd like a healthy ba- work, life and balance work and life balance for developers, mm-hmm. but this isn't, this also isn't a big surprise to me. This is gaming. It's gotten uh, luckily for games and studios and designers and all that involved. Yeah, it's it's kind of gone down over the years. It's Which not the a, crazy crunch right. that of the '90s and early 2000s. You know when yeah people didn't go home; they slept under their desk and worked 24/7 basically. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's a bummer that they they're potentially working some overtime, but.
2: I mean, you see this in any tech business right now which is unfortunate i mean even software
1: right i, I don't yeah it doesn't mean it's okay it's not I, a good thing well hopefully
2: like as you see the you know they're not releasing um right now because it's not finished hopefully we start seeing a pattern of people where you get business and the and the it side come together to find mm-hmm. a more, better compromise and and like work work life balance right maybe this is the maybe this is the start maybe they're going to try and figure that out but
1: well, and that's, I mean, like I said, with last year being kind of the year of, you know, we're just getting hammered with just games that just weren't finished, didn't have the features that they promised. They had roadmaps that were just completely obliterated over time. Going from that to now, this could be, yeah, like a like an industry course correction where it's like, okay, well, when the audience gets something that isn't done, that's bad. And we need to make sure that it's, actually finished and polished and all that granted sucks that it has to be in the form of some form of crunch at least for cd project red we don't know about the like if the other studios are crunching the ones that have delays but i don't know I, well i mean I'm, to be fair
2: on this one they got quite a bit of a time quite a bit of extra time on this didn't they i mean if they're pushing on all the way to september 17th and they thought they were going to release april April? April, that that's, though they might have to crunch still by, you know, what their standards right. are. They I'm, I'm, yeah. probably, when they got told, like, hey, business is still allowing you to make this they're game for the another. Time. Yeah, and I'm,
1: <laughs> that's what I'm glad, that is what I'm glad about is that they, you know, they recognize, hey, the game's not done yet. And people don't like unfinished games. And we don't want this to be a flop like Anthem or Fallout 76 or yeah. another, you know, whatever other uh, Breakpoint or something like that. We don't want this to just completely go into the trash can because they're actually proud of their work at CD Projekt Red.
0: And I mean, cool. what's nice is already say it here. So I uh, so during in the official statement or whatever, you know, the the thing is is like the game is done and playable. And what's nice about this delay is since it sounds like it's mostly finished, this delay will allow for them to fine tune polish and just make it better experience so it's not necessarily you know like oh there's this big problem it almost sounds like we realize maybe there's this system or some things in the city or the performance of it you know they're, they're just not there we're gonna delay it what five months six months we're gonna polish the crap out of this thing, and it's gonna be so much better so it to me it's not i you know I'm not too worried. I'm just happy they're taking the extra time because it's not like, oh, is the game finished well yeah, it's it's there, it's playable. start to finish, they got everything going. Mm-hmm. Just sounds like this is just going that extra mile to make sure it's what they envi- envisioned it to be so. right.
1: I just hope that you know they weren't. That this wasn't a project that was so overly ambitious that they just really didn't you know, they didn't recognize just the scope of what they were building and yeah. to push off because of this that. Was announced My hope is yeah, is that it is polish that's going into it. Not like, oh, we need to make sure that these like critical features are still in the game, you know. Yeah. That's not polish. We know I want polish. I don't want, you know, like them having to keep working on big portions of the game that aren't done yet because it's just cyberpunk is an ambitious project it's a big project
0: yeah i had something i was going to say here i'm trying to remember what it was i went back to i think just setting dates and and Mm -hmm. ambition and trying to plan better um you know having been in the game industry and all of us being in software development now um i think some of it too is I, i want to kind of point out for the listeners is it's not always your your designers and your artists that are causing these delays. Right. Not uh, a lot of times it's your sales and marketing and production teams that are saying, Hey, um, they try to, you know, figure out all this project should take, we'll say three years. We can, we can launch Q1 of 2020. And then as it gets a little closer, like, Hey, we can do April something. And then the marketing team goes crazy because that's their job. Mm -hmm. They want to promote the crap out of this game. Right. Yep. Um, but again, most times is it's is as you you know again our experience with software development is you get closer there's there's a lot more work usually left, and I think that's sometimes where we get to the delays is not that the artists and designers and all them it's their fault they're not the ones that set these dates, they're just they didn't weren't quite able to finish yeah. it or get stuff done or or things came up during development and. Um, or they shifted
1: priorities on what things that they wanted, yeah, so they got here. some half-built features or something like that. And they're like, "Actually, no, just kidding. We actually want this in the game. This is now more important than what that and, was."
0: And two, with gaming, just having uh, worked uh, in it for a while, was uh, y- y- the company set a hard date, and there's a lot of marketing that goes and a money that goes in there to set a date. You know, you got to work with your retailers and, and online sites and all this yeah. stuff to get marketing and promotional stuff. So, a delay can be very costly, which is a lot of times oh, yeah. I think where the crunch comes from for the gaming side of things. Yeah, we do get crunch every now and then and crazy things like that in right. soft, so general software development. But we're not games, trying to
1: meet like a shelf date or yeah. something like that. And well, we don't just, get penalized for that not has meeting all this shelf date.
0: Or, yeah, that has all this marketing material and stuff right. behind it that could cost a lot of money to change. So, just
2: think yeah. how hard it was for them to push off all the way to September.
0: Like, I'm curious how, how, how much they
2: like.
1: How much the they had to argue side. to get yeah, that much time. Yeah, like,
2: to get, what, the April, um, May, June, July, August, what, five, six months more yeah. time, yeah, like, from know. a business standpoint, that is forever, and that did not probably go well for the salespeople. But, I
1: mean, similarly, I mean, and, you know, we praised it as well when they did it with Doom Eternal. I mean, Doom Eternal yep. was slated to release last November, and that, that got pushed off all the way to March, and I was... I mean, I was a little disappointed that it was being oh, delayed, yeah. but I'm happy that they're taking extra good care of it and that they're making something that they're going to be like, yeah, like we're excited to actually launch this out. Where this is going to be amazing. Yeah, that's so, kind of worth. Good some... on CD Projekt Red for recognizing. Look, this needs more time. It sucks that we're going to have to delay, but it's worth it.
0: Yeah, I, it was kind of some of the questions they'd written down for when we talked about delays and stuff like this. Is I, I think probably nine times out of ten, a game delay is a good a good thing. Um, I was curious what your guys' thoughts were about that. I know for Doom and, and, and uh, Cyberpunk 2017. Uh, <laughs> 2077. Well, I can't think oh, of a I,
2: reason where a game delay <clears throat> would be bad because is there any other reason for a game delay other than making the game better?
0: Yes. Sort of. Ooh. You ever heard of a game called Destiny. <laughs> okay. Now again, yeah. it's, this is one of those things where who knows if it's it's true. There was a huge Kotaku article. What's the guy's name that does those really Jason good? Jason Schreier. Jason Schreier. He does
1: <laughs> the guy who does the really good articles. He does because yeah. he's done. He quite does a, really good articles. He's yes. done
0: quite a few of those throughout the year where he. It, it's people from these companies will talk to him usually anonymously. Anom, I can't say anonymously. that anonymously. There you go. I don't know why I could not say that word, uh, but it. There was basically. I think it was Destiny was supposed to launch a year before it did, but they pretty much axed the entire project and kept delaying it and spent the entire year to build what we got, which was not great uh, in Destiny 1. So or sometime, you had... Um, oh, keep going. I'm sorry. As I say, yeah, so delays don't always mean a good thing, in my opinion, but most of the times it is. Usually it's extra polish. It's extra work that just makes sure it's perfect for us, the players. So I see, so sometimes delays
2: could mean that there's an internal struggle with the company making the game, and so that could lead to a lesser product at the end. Yeah. Uh,
1: Yeah, I mean, and this was kind of the case uh, where a delay could, you know, be some sort of a bad omen. Um, In the case of No Man's Sky, for example, I mean, that was slated to release in June originally, but they had to push it off until, I think, September. It was September, August, or September they tr- they pushed it off a couple of months because the game just didn't have anywhere close to what they had originally promised. Um I mean granted that ended up being a success story in the end, but yeah, I mean not necessarily Took them not like, necessarily... 3 4
0: years to basically make it. I mean it the game's the great now. It, yeah. The game
1: is is pretty is really really good. Yeah. Um but yeah, I mean that that's a completely different story. I mean that's that that's different. That's a whole different mindset of things that have to go on. But, but I mean yeah, delays aren't necessarily immediately a good thing however in the current era that we are with video gaming i think it's welcome with pretty open arms that people recognize it as oh you're just you're taking more time to making to make sure that the game is not garbage yeah. good we're fine with that. and you touched
0: on one of my questions here about you know should we be worried when a game is delayed and and, not ne- yeah, not and necessarily. again it's not always yeah it shouldn't be like oh it's delayed it must must suck again Some of that, too, depends on, you know, obviously, you know, when you follow a lot of these games as much as we do, you know, we recognize that, that, you know, Doom and Cyberpunk 2077, these delays are probably only good things. Right. Yeah. You know, there's I can't think of anything recently that might have been delayed that it's like, oh, crap, that's probably not going to be a good game. Um (laughs) Can you think of any off the top of your head? I don't know
1: what that something got delayed, and you're like, "All oh, this yeah. is gonna." This I'll is gonna say be a the only wreck. one that
0: kind of maybe triggers me a little is Marvel's Avengers, just because I've been through the Destiny launch, the Division launch. You know, uh, you know, a couple of these other games that are these open world looter shooter, you know, live service games that have just struggled. So that I might-
1: mean, to be fair, the the Division actually turned out pretty good. Yeah, I mean, even at launch, it was fine. It was. Bro- it was I mean, broken. it wasn't like a big, <laughs> it wasn't a big blockbuster, but it yeah. was. Yeah, I mean, it was. It was fine.
0: So I, I wouldn't necessarily say and I'm not trying to throw Marvel's Adventures under the bus, but because Crystal Dynamics is a great company or studio, but uh, yeah, it's, it, I think that's the only one that kind of triggers me going, um, maybe. But again, that's that's some PTSD with the division and and Destiny. Yeah, one you're and two. you're more
1: worried about it being a, a, a live service than it being a delayed
0: game. Yeah so um just some other little tidbits here real quick about cyberpunk before we move on is right now there are no plans for ps5 or xbox series x uh versions of the game which that'll be interesting don't it's the two two thoughts that come to mind are a well those consoles aren't kind of officially announced yet so they could be holding their announcement for it that's true um and two um you know they're just trying to get this thing across the finish line already for pc and current gen Mm mm-hmm fine take some extra time a couple of six extra months a, a year to polish it and make it run nice on those new new consoles yeah so but I it's going
1: to be good i mean we're going to get slammed with games yeah. to play uh, this coming fall
0: yeah don't worry it, it will come uh, this is a mat here we go Matt. guarantee it will come to ps5 and and then xbox series x it's just probably not at launch right um the other interesting tidbit that came out of that that cd project red press release was that, uh, who, who said this term? Oh, Michael Nowowski. Um, uh, remember the board of business development? Um, given the expected release date of Cyberpunk 2077 in September, and speaking of a series of events we expect to occur after that date, 2021 appears unlikely as a release date for Cyberpunk multiplayer. So it sounds yeah. like the earliest we'll get a Cyberpunk multiplayer, which is officially in development, mm-hmm. will be, uh, Q1 2022 so quite a few years out yeah so that was just kind of some extra little tidbits i noticed from their their press conference uh, this week when they announced all this information so
1: yeah
2: this really puts into spe- perspective how long games really take to make they're it's a lot like, of work and how much money and like resources really go into this
0: especially now with the trend of live service games games as a service open world you're yeah. just cranking the you know the difficulty up expen- exponentially, so which um, makes sense why they're emphasizing like using words like we need to
2: polish this game and finish it. Uh, it would make sense that they're trying to get the best product out as possible because they probably put a lot of resources into it already, yeah. And they need need it to be good so people can play it.
1: They did the same thing with Anthem. Yeah, that had a much much different outcome
0: <laughs> anthem's great what are you talking about oh yeah it's wonderful <laughs> all right moving on to um game of 2019 <laughs> I know, right? best game uh, it it didn't make the list of worst games when cullen and i were going over our little best and worst of 2019 how yeah well, i don't know it was our mentions we're like how is this not on oh man um but moving on here to this sony playstation 5 sony officially revealed at ces consumer electronics show
1: consumer electronics got it right this time i don't i've known about this show. computer electronics show i
0: followed this show for forever and i yeah anyways so sony officially revealed at ces at their just their like sony keynote like press conference type thing the logo for the ps5 yep you guys get to see this yep okay I love it and I hate it. It, it. You know, I understand why it became a meme, meme pretty quickly. So, yeah. you as a listener, if you know the PlayStation 3 or the PlayStation 4 logo where it's just P-S... And the number. The number 4 or yeah. 3 or whatever, literally... It's it, the S yep, backwards. It's just a 5. <laughs> it's just P-S five it looks the exact Uh, same so if
3: it
2: ain't broke
0: don't
1: yeah it's a it's a quality formula and it's a hell of a lot less confusing than the xbox series 420 blaze it (laughs) xx 1x double down kfc x
2: i mean like branding and like symbolism plays a big role in all these things that's
0: one thing yeah I, i do appreciate about sony and the playstation is they've kept this consistent branding as much as i like mm-hmm. the xbox and i i like some of their goofy names and making fun of it most of the times because 360 and one yeah. xbox one they're just kind of dumb but um yeah the, i mean it, it is just also kind of funny that it's just it's i mean it's kind of what you expected they just get rid of the four and put a five up there i mean just think we got how much money they <laughs> saved are not
2: one. making a new logo <laughs> Yeah. They probably yeah. saved a million dollars by not
0: hiring someone to make a fancy logo that Xbox did. Yeah. Or Microsoft did. Yeah. So, pretty cool stuff. Uh, yeah. Interesting. So, uh, some other news this week from Sony is... Uh, they were t- Sony was talking with gamesindustry.biz um, and s- told them that they will be skipping E3 this year. Um, Sony said after thorough evaluation... SIE has decided not to participate in E3 2020. We have great, uh, great respect for the ESA as an organization, but we do not feel the vision of E3 2020 is the right venue for what we are focused on in this year. So, yeah. Oh, I guess he went on. I got another quote here. We will build upon our global event strategy in 2020 by participating in hundreds of consumer events across the globe. Mm -hmm. Our focus is on making sure fans feel a part of the PlayStation family and have access to play their favorite content. We have a fantastic lineup of titles coming to PlayStation 4, and with the upcoming launch of PlayStation 5, we are truly looking forward to a year of celebration with our fans. So I'm going to just gut feeling here as a fan, I'm, I'm disappointed because to me... E three is You're Christmas. You're a PlayStation fan. No, E three is just Christmas. Oh. So I just want everybody to show up. It's, it's what you wish. A, big old party. It, it's what you wish your family Christmases were like. At like all the relatives just go show Everyone up just and play gathers nice around and, and enjoy hanging out uh, with your friends and family. But usually it's just a shit show, right? Um, so that's it, it, kind of you know again as a big fan as somebody who even has been with E three and the ups and downs over the years. Mm-hmm. I still always get super excited for it. You know, I'm always excited for every aspect of I've the never Sony, Microsoft. Twice, you've been there twice. Yeah. Um, so
2: I always so just like CES was just a conglomerate of like electronics from every part of the industry. Yeah, it's a trade thought, show. Like I always thought, E three was just a conglomerate of all everything gaming. Pretty much, it is a trade changed. So has it changed, or is it is it more focused in any aspect that so, Sony just doesn't want to partake <clears throat> in?
1: I don't know. Oh, uh, I don't remember what their specific reason for not doing it. I think one of the things that really kind of changed the game was when Nintendo started doing Nintendo Directs. So their mm. E3 press conferences were, you know they they shrunk those down. To being like, you know, mostly game trailer focused things, you know, you don't...
0: Just hit you with news, none of that extra filler.
1: Yeah, and then what they do is they kind of expand that so that they go around the entire year hitting with like Nintendo Direct every quarter or something like that. So they're able to get more information out throughout the year. They don't necessarily have to wait for just E3 to make like the big colossal announcements. Um, And I think... Sony is kind of following suit with that as well I think and I think Microsoft might be doing something like that aren't they because they have I mean they have some events of their own that they do outside of E3 like um the one in the one in the UK yeah they're, what is that called what we uh, just did an episode on it
0: yeah the XO19 XO19 yeah. yeah
1: so the XO conference I mean they kind of do their own thing um yeah I mean yeah it's kind of a bummer because E3 is just kind of when everybody kind of just everybody in the pool kind of a thing
0: i I think what it is 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 just how marketing has changed over the last 20 years with because again this started out as a trade show right yep um and it was all about working with vendors and companies to you know basically get them excited to get some them to allow you to put like press get a press get you know work with companies to get shelf space around the holidays and all that stuff right yep but now marketing and a lot of that stuff has gotten easier and faster with things like the internet and just technology in general. Uh, so I think it's struggled for, it's probably struggled for the last 15 years because there's just been a lot of weird things. One year they held it in like a hotel or something like that where they just got a bunch of rooms and each room was where, you know, they'd show off a game or something from a company. Yep. But um, yeah, the last couple of years, you know, companies have been dropping out, you um, And I think some of that too is again just how and Sony kind of said it with their their second statement there was they want to control the narrative and how their information is shared and E3 as it used to be was just a big week of news for everybody so certain things could get lost in the noise if it wasn't a big splash we'll say. Let's pretend they announced God of War 2 this year, right? But they announced some cool other game. Well, that might get lost in the noise because, well, God of War and Halo Infinite, new consoles, and, oh, my God, Breath of the Wild 2, right? All that extra noise. You're competing it with other companies, and, you know, just it's all in that small time period. So I think that's where Nintendo kind of, they bowed out a few years ago, Mm -hmm. started doing these Nintendo Directs. Sony skipped last year, now this year. Yep. Um, and what's interesting though, with some of that is they're all still doing this all around the same time because even E3 is kind of backed out in a weird way. They still hold events during E3, but they don't have a presence on the floor anymore. I don't believe, um, Microsoft Yeah, to your point, I, I don't know if they're going to have like a big booth in the the show, the conference center. Uh, but they're going to be doing at the what is it the Microsoft Theater, which is literally right next door to the LA Conference Center. Yep. Um, so yeah, we're we're kind of seeing E3 shift and morph. Um, and the big thing with that was you mentioned it. I've been to E3 once when I worked with Activision. I went as a industry person. Uh, so that was back when it was just kind of like trade show like yeah. really it was only people because e3 has always been industry just, people industry it wasn't people. for
1: fans or anything until like that, necessarily. three years ago i think it was when they it's... started letting the general audience participate and that's
0: that's the second time i went it was the first year they opened that to the public um which was a good and bad experience i kind of knew what i was in for because e3 even when it's an industry event is just a line simulator game you yeah. got to pick which games you want you wait in line you get through unless you're pressed which I'm not press. Well, maybe now. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, we can maybe, maybe I can get that press pass. Maybe I can get press. Then, then you can skip a lot of lines. Yep. <laughs> like it's like a fast pass for for lines. But um, so in 2016 or 17, when they first opened it up to consumer or or just the general public, it was vendors were not prepared. I don't think the ESCA who runs E3 was prepared because there was just lines through the roof. Yeah, like times ten on on popular games. You know, so. Um, it was just kind of unfortunate uh, that it went that way, which kind of leads to a question: Is um, do you guys feel that it was right that they open E three up to the public, or would you do you think it'd be better to go back to the trade show where it's only industry people? Well, it depends what they wanted I to think, do. I mean, personally,
1: I feel like having it just be a trade show is perfectly fine.
0: That's mm. that's my. I mean, thoughts, as much as yeah.
1: I would love to attend E three. I like the fact that it's a bit more kind of exclusive so that in the event I did end up getting to go or something like that, it's a bit, you know, it's a bit more meaningful. But also, especially after last E3, I'm getting a little annoyed with the,
0: Whoa!
1: during every single announcement. Like, I'm getting so sick of yeah,
0: that. Yeah, Bethesda girl. I'm oh calling you God. out, whoever you are. God. Go it bl-
1: not even just her. It was just... Every single oh, conference you, was like that. Every single announcement. Every, I mean you do you the audience get, was being so disruptive and annoying. Yeah,
0: that's 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 a big reason why I wish I wish it would go back to a trade show or I wish as a, a community as gamers. Like we can be excited, we can cheer, but some of that like you, you again to your press conferences to your point, somebody can make the slightest announcement and somebody's screaming, somebody's yelling, somebody's yelling out stuff. Now we got a great moment out of the Microsoft one When Keanu came out on stage and somebody just randomly yelled, "You're breathtaking," and then Keanu's like, "No, you're breathtaking, right?" That was a great moment. That just happened to be a good one, but nine times out of ninety-nine, ninety-nine hundred, ninety-nine out of a thousand times, you're annoying and obnoxious. Just let these people talk, and you can cheer whenever you know they something happens. But stop being that essentially a heckler, right? Right? Oh, that's what that's just like.
1: I think one of the things that. and I know why um, I'm sure for, for a mark from a marketing point of view, this all this does is this just generates hype especially yeah. when you have you know people who are just going ape shit in the crowd and they're just loving everything that's going on kind of a thing it just generates hype for everybody else in the room and everybody watching online. Yeah so for that reason it's probably really good but at the same time, people who you know get way too into the hype, they just get invested at that point. It's just setting up for a future disaster, in my opinion. You know, you got to you gotta pump the brakes a little bit on the hype train sometimes.
0: Yeah, I I, it, I personally think that E3 should go back to being a trade show. And this isn't like, oh, we need to lock the gaming community out of it. No, we got enough game shows throughout the year. You got your Gamescoms. You got the PAXs. You do. You got, you got, PAX got the Comic-Cons. You got xo Game Developers Conference. You got... If you if you want more of the developer side, yeah, you have the GDCs and yeah. and things like that. So I
1: mean, even they have their own little like indie trade show at G D C. Yeah. You can go and play a bunch of cool indie games that are being developed. Like
2: So we have yeah, plenty. So I think you can mix it up, right? Like if since we have like live streaming and everything nowadays, you could probably turn it back into a trade show where the public isn't going right to the on site. Mm-hmm. But create Create a website for the conference itself, so you can still get the publicity out to the public. Yeah, yeah, because um, I
1: think the only way to, that you could watch E three like for going back in the old days was right. was G four. Yeah, <laughs> the only way you were gonna see anything about E three, you
0: had to pay for that channel. If so I remember, it wasn't basic cable. It was so. not basic cable. That said, though,
2: I don't think doing a trade show would be the right thing for him to do anymore because of what the market has turned into. I don't don't know if the the problem they were solving with the trade show years back would be the same problem they're trying to solve today. And I think the companies have gotten to such a large scale that that's why you're seeing like Sony dip out, is that they got enough stuff in their, their bucket that they can have their own show by themselves. And so I don't know if one trade show for these large gaming companies would make sense but maybe if you transition from instead of like sony and microsoft started getting more into the indie stuff trade show-esque well i mean um, they do it's that's... just
1: they don't have giant press conferences that they I can see. afford um but they do i mean even when you watch e3 they'll have a bunch of indie games come out on stage that are being presented for whatever platform they're being released on so like you know you had no man's sky back was in the sony, day I that believe. was a sony thing and then he came out you know sean murray came out during the sony press conference to talk about no man's sky or whatever but beyond that there's just a shitload of booths of just games that are being made at the time yeah so and i think yeah turning it back into a trade show is kind of nice because then it lets a lot of the industry industry people and especially the press get the chance to interact with a lot more of the stuff than just the press conferences yeah a lot of like a big thing that we only see now even today Is the press conferences and watching online? That's not going to solve the problem of being able to see everything that's on the show floor. Unfortunately, I have to rely on the media to kind of do that.
2: Um, Yeah. Right. I'm guessing, well, we know the public kind of gets in the way of the media doing that, right? So,
1: (laughs) right. Unless apparently you have, you know, press passes, you can kind of skirt lines a little bit. But um, they adjusted
0: hours too for the general public too. I think there was a couple days where like you couldn't go into like noon because the first three four hours were for, for press only yeah so i mean they've they've been adjusting accordingly but yeah I think, again i just think give with the
1: press as much time as they need to be able to cover all this stuff because i'm sure there's a crap load of stuff at e3 that we're not seeing because everything the, is so crowded
0: yeah that my first year was there and, and again i'm i'm a gamer i'm nerdy i'm all of that but i wish as a community we also learned what um showering and deodorant and clean clothes was i think that was the the thing i hated the yeah, most man, go about to a land it. party or, yeah, any land party is, they all smell the same they smell like was, pizza and butts yeah and it was it was yeah so um no i think I, i'd like i'd like you three to go back to just a trade show just because i think there's enough events throughout the year and around the world for community to you know your paxes and stuff as we mentioned yeah um that i think it, it, i think this is a good show to just keep it to just press and just the industry let them this is their time to mingle and stuff they'll mingle with you the fans at hey come out to yeah exo 19 come yeah. out to sony's what's their sony experience i think is what they call their thing you know come you know packs whatever so yeah
1: i think well the flip side i think is uh cost
0: well yeah i think this the is the big-
1: major trade Or the the major players, you know, the the Sonys, the Microsofts and all that, they pay to be at these conferences. And if you're shrinking admission and we're now able to get to a point where Sony can just be like, "Eh, I don't need E3 anymore. Yeah. They're not paying for spot. That's going to be really, really hard on E3 to keep to maintain the size that it has grown to.
0: I think it's some of the reason why the ESA opened up e3 to the public was somewhere you tickets. started having these these yeah. big hitters like sony and microsoft ea starting to hold things off site and not spend all that money to be on the show floor yep um so again good and bad um yeah because there's not a whole
1: lot that e3 can provide that microsoft cannot provide themselves not, yeah that they can't
0: do themselves so but yeah. i do miss that having all the family there in one it's spot the family dinner of video games yeah to tie this up uh just real quick kind of with the sony stuff do you think uh do you think it's good that Sony's skipping E3? I don't care. I mean, they're still gonna have they're still gonna have stuff I think that it's a week. bummer.
1: Yeah, I think it's I think it's sad because it's just you know, not like sad as in like pathetic, but sad as in like oh, that's a little depressing, you know? Because they're a big part of E3. They all they yeah. kind of have been for a really really long time. It's it feels more like an end of an era kind of a thing than.
0: And they'll else. still they'll still have as I said have events and they'll still announce and show stuff. I'm sure that that week they'll probably have one of their Sony directs or what I forget what they call their their things but yeah cool well the last thing I have on my list to say for last because obviously I'm a fanboy here and I of wrote course. the notes um and I already mentioned the name previously and this is kind of some old news but in December during the Game Awards Microsoft officially announced what we had hoped would be the next box but they announced the Microsoft Xbox Series X, which will be the new console coming at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. Still no release date.
1: The Xbox Humidifier X.
0: It is kind of a weird looking machine, but I love it. It looks like a humidifier. I love it. It's kind of like a taller, rectangular, Mm -hmm. boxy thing. Yeah, it's weird. So, I kind of like it. Go look it up, uh, listeners. It's kind of an interesting look. I hope the top uh, in their little video, it was green in the little, like, in the grill, if it's not like lit up green, I'll be pissed. If it's just green plastic or something in there, it better be a green light. I want a green light emitting Whoa, from the top. LED would be yeah. Come on, everything's RGB now. I don't need a ton. Just need that top to need glow a little, a little, bit little of, green, a little bit of color. So some quick uh, uh, specs for it that uh, were kind of announced again. Not uh, not everything is a hundred percent, you know, in stone here. But um, the Xbox Series X is twice as powerful as the Xbox One X. That's mm-hmm. uh, it's because we love this term now, and nobody knows what it is. It's twelve teraflops instead of flops. six, yeah. so basically twice the power. There, um, it'll support four K and sixty FPS, um, and in the future, it's supposed to support eight K and one hundred twenty FPS. So again, kind of following along the the rumors and the things we talked about last month in our, one of our episodes, uh, they are using an NVMe SSD drive and GDDR six. Uh, again, I think we're going to see this same thing with Sony. Yeah. Because they're all about. I think this generation is all about speeding up, essentially loading, right? You know, try to get eliminate as speeding much a load. Speeding up
1: loading, getting to that 4K, getting to that 60 FPS. Yeah.
0: So again, the 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 SSD and the GDDR RAM are just going to help. It, it, the number that was thrown out here is the input output speeds for the Series X are going to be 40 times faster than current stuff. So yeah. You know, again, try to get. Through there, uh, an interesting tidbit that came out during all that was that uh, it, that it will support the ability to suspend and resume multiple games. So, let's say you're playing a multiplayer g- or single player game, and your buddies are, "Let's yeah. go play Counter Strike." You can switch over to Counter Strike. You play That's for an hour PC, or two with them. Yeah.
3: So
1: this is an Xbox game.
0: Okay, you switch over to play Halo with your friends, multiplayer, right? But I have it on PC. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so, you, okay, so you're playing. You're playing. <laughs> hellblade 2 right a single player game your friends get on you go play a multiplayer game on your console yeah but which one you can switch back halo when you're playing halo with your friends got you they are painting the ass (laughs) you get my point you can switch back and forth you don't have to reload into them anyways um fun stuff so uh yeah some tidbits here again just yeah just some we'll just skip over that it's not relevant anymore but uh yeah so it should be you know, I'm excited pretty the most cool.
1: about about this new xbox i don't have to buy it
0: yeah that gets into some a little conversation here in a couple minutes here mm-hmm. so i'm gonna throw these last two tidbits out here and then we can dig into that yes please um so there's the sony is Rumored, I think I mentioned before. Uh, s- rumored that towards the end of February to have their like reveal event event for the pay- PlayStation. Oh, I can't talk. PS5. Right now. PlayStation Five. Yep. Uh, Microsoft is rumored to have their event in April or you know late April, early May. It sounds like, um, and will heavily feature a game from 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 software's. It's a company a studio yep, from, from software's, softwares. Um, yep. game called Elden Elden Ring. From software is best known for your Dark Souls, your Bloodborne, Sekiro, 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 Sekiro. So that'll be kind of interesting. Excited to hopefully get all this officially announced, maybe get a price point and date. specs. So, yeah. So here's the big thing, which I think will generate some conversation here, is in an interview uh, with the new site MCV, Microsoft Studios head Matt Booty. I love that name. I should change my last name to Booty. You should. That'd be pretty cool. Anyways, head of studio, Matt Booty stated, as our content comes out over the next year, two years, all of our games, sort of like PC, will play up and down the family of devices. We want to make sure that if someone invests in Xbox between now and Series X, that they will feel that they made a good investment and that we're committed to them with content. So, I saw the internet just ablaze since this interview came out where everybody's afraid that the Xbox Series X is not going to have any exclusives. How do you guys feel about that? And is that what er, you how is is that what you get from his comments?
1: Uh, that when you mean that they're making the claim that there won't be exclusives?
0: Yeah, that that all games are going to be developed for the Xbox family, we'll just say.
1: Yeah, I mean and that includes Windows PC, right?
0: Yep. So his we are by considered his the, the Xbox family. Yeah. So by his, I guess uh, to define Xbox family, it'll be PC, Xbox One, Xbox One S, Xbox One X, and the Xbox X Series or Series X. Messed that up already. So basically, what Microsoft is saying is when they make a game, it's all gonna it's gonna work on all those devices. Do you is that kind of what you guys are?
1: Wait, on which devices?
0: All the Xbox. Xbox like, One family, Xbox Series X and PC.
1: Oh, okay. So it's going to be
0: backwards compatible, right? Two so to if degree. you buy a
2: game today, they want you to be able to yeah. play that game on your new Xbox mm-hmm. console that comes out in the future. So, here's I an example. Halo
0: Infinite, Halo Infinite when it launches with the Xbox Series X at the end of the year is going to work on the Xbox One, the Xbox Series X, and PC. It's going to work all together. Yeah. Does it uh, do you guys feel like Microsoft isn't committing to creating something that's going to push and show off and sell the Xbox Series X?
1: Um, That it's not going to push and like... There is really not a lot of incentive. Like this is what, yeah, this goes back to my comment. I'm yep. excited about this Xbox because I don't have to buy it. Yep. That is what I'm really excited for. And to answer your question, no. There's not a lot of incentive to actually buy an Xbox Series X. Yep. Because I have other options. Mm-hmm. I have an Xbox One and I have a PC. And the fact that they're coming, they're going to be available on both is great that I don't have to buy it. Yep. Um, that being said, uh, this kind of opens the door to ending. And this is what I got mostly from it. Is that they're kind of ending this whole trend of generational consoles yes you know that we have to move from the xbox to the 360 now the xbox is legacy now we're moving forward you know we don't have to necessarily worry about that anymore. Yeah. which Always, i think is yeah. a is a very big and good play because the fact that i am not missing out by not buying another stupid machine to set on my mantle of machines is a good thing in my opinion this also gives me the opportunity that since I'm not investing all this money in more Xboxes and things like that, and I can still get the games you know, on other platforms because I PC game, I'm happy that it allows me to divert over to other things. So maybe this will be the year that I actually buy a PS5. I haven't bought a PlayStation since the PlayStation 2. Yeah, That was the last PlayStation I bought. I might actually buy a PS5 now because it will have exclusive content and things like that that i can't get on pc or any anywhere else mm-hmm. i don't think as far as i know
0: yeah i guess we'll find out right more but yeah i mean traditionally this
1: allows me to diversify the things that i actually get to do so i think it's a very pro consumer move by microsoft and i think it's great
0: yes
2: yeah and but it also might work out in their sales department as well because you still have to have windows operating system to play their games right like you're still spending money for this or buying stuff from the same company yeah <laughs> so though it's really pro-consumer there might it's still financial you might work out for them and th- this is i i personally like this trend because i was wondering at what point when computer technology started merging with console so like Consoles are just dedicated PCs at this point but they're getting to the point where it's like they're a legit gaming PC only they right. just have special software or yeah, operating the, systems built into them, right?
1: Yeah, because they're not yeah, they're not running off of you know very proprietary processors anymore with really proprietary hardware. I mean, they're using right. gaming hardware for most of this stuff.
2: Yep. And so, so now now you're getting closer and closer if not completely, where you now just have a dedicated pre-built gaming PC um, for you, and they're they're focusing on stuff like you know like AK and yeah, which is, which is nice. And so I, think, I like this trend.
1: Yeah, but, I mean I do too. And I think one of the things that a lot of these companies are starting to recognize, including Nintendo, is that hardware does not necessarily sell well, or at least it doesn't profit well. Yeah. And something that we've kind of mentioned in several shows is that. What really comes down to it is content is truly king. So the fact that I am able to access all the content, either via Game Pass or whatever other means, I'm able to access a library of stuff that I've, I was that was sitting from in the past was sitting behind a three, four, five hundred dollar paywall essentially. The fact that I don't have to do that anymore. Means I can go buy copies for, you know, every single game. Not just that. I can buy copies for my friends and know that I don't have to, you know, be super specific about what and mindful of what consoles they have or whatever.
2: Right. I still think it's a really smart move. for it like is a Microsoft, very, right? It because, is a very smart move, yes. Because That's why not, I say it's pro consumer. Exactly. Yeah. But even then, they're they're getting you to buy into their suite of products, right? You now you have an Xbox One, right? Yep. So you can still play that on on your TV, but you have a Windows operating system, right? Yep. So now you can have games on there. Yep. Um, if does Microsoft have a portable platform at no, all? Not okay. Yet. So their are Cloud they're coming X-Cloud. soon. Right. So so they're creating a suite of products that people can buy into, just like Android versus you know Apple, where if you have one, you you tend to buy or you tend to go into different suite of products like if i have android i'm going to use google stuff though you can use that on apple too but like on apple you have like itunes right so you bought
0: into their music right. platform yeah. stuff right They've this kind goes into the
1: gaming their own, as well right they have their own gaming ecosystem that they have
0: So I I love this because I purposely sat quiet here because I want to see if you guys kind of came to the same conclusions I have. And I pretty much agree with everything here. I think this is fantastic. Of course you do. My, (laughs) my, no, my, my, my Xbox fanboy boner is just over here. Super excited with all this because this is, I've seen this coming with Microsoft for quite a few years now. Uh, Initially, I think a lot of the messaging got mixed with Phil Spencer five, six years ago saying something about he, how he kind of wanted to get rid of generational yeah this generational, generational leap right? Generational right consoles people thought oh no it's we're kind gonna...
1: of a dumb practice yeah people nobody th- th- really likes well it. people
0: originally thought it was a hardware thing that we were going to get basically an xbox pc where we could swap parts in and out where again it, 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 over the years i've noticed and i you know i'm pretty sure i've mentioned to you or probably even on this podcast is you just see microsoft as a company switching from hardware to and only playing certain games here, you know, Xbox or one or the PC or, you know, in this case, the future one Xbox Series X. You're seeing them going, we want you to play our game. And you go, well, where can I play it? And they wherever you want. What, you have a PC? Sure. You got an Xbox One? Sure. You got our cool new system? Sure. You can play it there. It's yours. You have, like you said, you, your own little ecosystem. Your game library goes with you wherever you are. Um, so I, I'm pretty excited about that. I, I do think Microsoft will still say, hey, the best place to play Halo Infinite is on an Xbox Series X, right? Yeah, you can play it on the Xbox One. Yeah, you can play it on PC. Uh, but the best place is going to be the Xbox Series X. So I, I'm excited about this. And I've seen this coming. And and I, 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 hopefully people don't feel like, oh, Microsoft is just forgetting about, you know, y- there's no reason to buy this $500 now because there's no exclusives and there's no reason to. No, that's wrong. They're just... Play our games. Play our games. probably
1: have something else that you can play it on, too. They're going to
0: make more money from selling software. As you guys mentioned, hardware is, you know, you're going to lose a lot of money, you know, there. So, if you're just like, hey, just get as many people playing our game as possible. Again, like you said, pro-consumer. I think it's great. Um, And... Uh, uh, argument for selling new
2: new consoles is there are still people out there that don't want to put in time to like building a gaming PC or yeah. they just want something that plugs and plays, right?
0: um They want that 4K 60fps but right. yeah. Joe Schmo who's still working on his 720p TV and X- original Xbox One he doesn't have to feel bad like, oh well I gotta spend a couple thousand dollars on a new TV and an Xbox to play Halo Infinite. No dude, just Played on what you got there, yeah. you know it. It might not look as good, but it'll play. And right. I'll say that's the kind of the second question here is um or, or point here is a lot of people are, are worried that oh no, the games just aren't going to be a, you know Halo if it's a good example. Everybody's worried like oh well, if they're developing it for everything, that means they're going to have to cut back on features or cut back on visuals or something. I want to make it clear and it's and I can't be say, give a number to this like nine out of ten, but pretty much the majority of the time a developer creates for multiple systems like this is they start at the top. So Halo Infinite, I can almost guarantee you is being developed for the Xbox series one or Xbox series X. I'm already messing it up. Why isn't it an Xbox? It needs to be the next one. The
1: only thing that they need to fix is their stupid naming scheme. So
0: they're, they're, (laughs) they're developing. Yeah. Where's the, this is where PS five would be fantastic to talk about. Um, So they're developing Halo Infinite for the Series X. They will then profile and optimize and make adjustments for the lower systems after creating the best possible product they can for the Series X. So as consumers, we shouldn't be worried that, oh, they're developing from the bottom up. No, they're developing top down. They're starting with the best and then profiling and optimizing. It's basically, again, having seen this coming for a while, how PCs do it. You you get you know you, your your games are optimized for multiple different graphics cards, different resolutions, different settings, and that t- doesn't. I mean, it takes time away from some development, but not a ton. It's not hard, from what I what I read. So it's not even like oh well, having to develop for all these extra systems, we got to worry because it's going to take time away from development. My understanding and from my research, it's doesn't take a ton of time, you know, away from development. So. I don't think we should be worried that we're going to get a lesser product for PC or Xbox Series X because, well, they're also supporting the old systems.
1: Yeah. Though the uh, the, the minor concern that I probably would have is that I don't want some shitty port yeah. on, my other, on my other systems. Like, if they're developing it for the Series X, I don't want my PC to just feel like a crap port, kind of like how Halo Reach feels. Yeah. It feels bad. Mm. And, yeah, I mean, I don't want... That to happen in order to try and push me into buying an Xbox Series X because, well, the Xbox One version kind of sucks and the PC version really sucks. But I really want to play this game, so I either have to deal with it or go out and again shell out 500 bucks or whatever, however much it costs, yep, and then buy the game.
0: I think the only worry there I could see, assuming even so, I could see that in third party publishing, right. Is maybe third-party publishing doesn't give that extra month or two or I don't know how long it takes to profile and optimize down, right? But I could see you know an EA just being like, okay, we got it working the best on the Series X and the PS5, fantastic. We're gonna release it on the Xbox One, PS4, but we're gonna do a shitty port, just or you know just get it out in a week, and then yeah, and then that's when we get pretty crappy ports. I don't think first-party is. You know, I'm sure it might happen, but I, I think there's a smaller chance of that happening that there'd be, especially, again, our example is probably not a good one, but Halo Infinite. I doubt they're going to be like, right. oh, hey, we're going to spend a week just to make sure it runs on the Xbox One. Oh, does it does it boot up? Cool, ship it. You know, they're not going right. to do something like that for Halo. So.
1: Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe.
0: So I, I'm not too worried about this. I'm more excited. Um, yeah,
1: I think overall it's a good move. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty pleased with it.
0: So. Cool. So. Oh. Uh, so we were t- touching on Microsoft, not. I, I apparently didn't put much information in here, um, but I find it interesting. We were talking; you were mentioning about how Sony will have, uh, you know, their exclusives, and it might get you to buy mm-hmm. um, the PlayStation Five. Mm-hmm. I have seen was it just announced this week that Horizon Zero Dawn. Mm-hmm. Sorry, no, it wasn't announced. I think it's heavily rumored. Like ton of sites. Anyways, I think. Anyways, Horizon Zero Dawn, and we know Death Stranding two
1: are coming to PC. Two
0: kind of exclusive PlayStation four games are coming to PC. Yeah. I'm wondering if Sony's starting to shift this direction to where we're gonna start seeing a lot more of their games come to PC.
1: I hope so. So, so how does that work? When I would you have love an my exclusive PC to become the, the universal gaming platform. Yeah. yeah.
2: Like so when you have an exclusives like those, how how are they being sold on PC?
0: Like, most of the times they're p- not, right? Most so of the time they're ports. Or or yeah, their ports. So, um, being sold like through a storefront or yeah. So like when I think a lot of them come to Steam like because Steam that's like the de facto. Okay. Yeah, they but use I imagine one of those platforms.
1: So is
2: Sony making any money off those though? What do you mean? Like when you buy a PS Five game, I would assume, like either buy the physical one or you download from their store. Sure. Sony gets a cut somehow, right?
1: Well, of course they get. I mean, yeah, it's their store.
2: But when you Ported over to PC yeah. when it's like sold on Steam, yeah. isn't you get a it being thirty percent s- cut? Oh, from like the the from publisher
0: the or, or yep. And if yeah. if hmm. if Sony would move this direction of make or putting a lot more of their games on PC, mm-hmm. I. I bet you they're making their own PC client if they're going to go Probably. full Steam into this because no, I mean, that's what I you do. Am, I wouldn't right? be
1: surprised if Sony. Because they up, want more of the money. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if Sony put out their own form of Game Pass. Yeah. You know, I feel like that Microsoft is going to set a standard with that they, because it is so valuable that I don't have to go to Steam and they get a 30% take on whatever games exist. If I just pay 15 bucks a month. And I can get whatever games I want. That's good for me. It's good for Microsoft. There's no middleman. I, do I feel like Sony would probably do the same. Point
0: out, PlayStation technically is first to the game with this Game Pass type, you know, game subscription, right? We talked about this a couple months ago, though, is that it's the quality of the service was just not good. Right. From what I That's understood, what they Xbox didn't have any big hitters. And uh, Game Pass is setting the standard. Yeah, it's I've,
1: the go forward plan for everyone
0: else. Yeah, I think I think... Sony's going to try to play uh catch up on a few of those and and revamp their PlayStation Now service and I again I wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing more PlayStation games yeah on PC. So I would hope so. Which again, I think this I'd is all just good that. for consumers. Just these companies I think are getting smart saying we just want you to play our game, right? Well, we don't care yeah, where. Kind within of, reason.
1: Hardware kind of sucks when you're when you're trying to sell, you know, content.
0: And with uh, and to point out too, the PlayStation Four and the Xbox One were both the first consoles to support x86 uh, architecture, which is kind of a basically a PC architecture, which is why I think a lot of this is becoming possible. Yeah. In the past, you always had these proprietary, unique cpus and gpus that's
1: what what i was saying earlier is that you don't have proprietary hardware anymore so it becomes easier to develop when you're developing for basically the same architecture across the board it's
0: just again like optimizing and profiling a pc game for multiple graphics cards and and resolutions as input methods and things like that it's basically just being better streamlined and more efficient and and faster
2: You, you now have like playstation and Xbox is turning your tv into a smart tv kind of thing like there's other services besides gaming on these devices that i might or well, i would think would be the push to buy them like you can have You're the netflix apps, like like well either one right they have like netflix apps on them right so yeah you but can,
1: most t i mean i don't think that'll that'll be a push to buy the console because nah. most tvs nowadays have that anyway at a point in time mm-hmm. it my used... TV, I mean my TV has Hulu, Amazon Prime, Netflix, you know, Disney Plus. It has everything. Or I can just go buy a Roku for 50 50 bucks, 60 bucks, something sure. like that. I can do it and I can do the same thing.
2: But instead, of well if if you are going to, if you're considering buying one for gaming, this is just a cherry on top, right? You don't have to go buy a Roku or a Chromecast or whatever it is, right? I don't think don't...
0: that I don't think that plays too much into it. Now, mm-hmm. I think it used to a yeah, little back bit when they were playing DVDs so the, and Blu-rays. Yeah, the big, the 360 and a PlayStation <laughs> yeah. 3 because at the time in early in a generation I worked at Best Buy and when Blu-rays were becoming like the next big thing they were so expensive. after DVD, um I don't know how many PlayStation 3s I sold just because somebody came in looking for a Blu-ray player. They were going to spend 2 to 250 bucks if I remember, and I uh, my question to them would be like, well, do you, do like you play video games? video games? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go to PlayStation. You just yeah. Play get a playstation right so i think back when there was those type of things or uh maybe the playstation pro and the xbox one s maybe probably not so much because now we're getting into digital era but the xbox one s had a 4k blu-ray drive same with the xbox one x so those Mm could have been maybe a selling point if you're trying to get into 4k where sony and their playstation playstation 4 and the playstation 4 pro didn't have a 4k blu-ray player so But again, I think since a lot of this stuff is going to the internet, as long as you have a wireless card and a, a network adapter or network card in there that you can plug something into, I don't think a lot of that stuff really matters anymore because yeah, everybody can get Netflix on whatever. You know, all those streaming services and their videos. So yeah. I don't think it's as much as a selling point to be like, we have it's a multimedia device. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's kind of just normal now. It's a standard. Well it all has it, you know, just yeah. because it, you know, everything interesting.
1: Yeah, okay. everything right. has a and it takes time to be able to create an app for that. Although I think for the Xbox ecosystem, you know, that's all like Windows Universal or like the universal Windows apps or whatever. Yeah, it's uh, so I think that translates pretty well. But I mean, like if you're writing a Netflix app for like a new PlayStation OS or something like that, you're going to have to create an app for all of the different services that people are going to want. Yeah, to I'm
0: time. sure there's still some unique stuff for the Xbox. But yeah, I mean, it's built on Windows 10. Yeah. So it's not
1: really, I don't think it's, I don't think it's really a selling point anymore, but it's kind of outdated.
0: Cool. Any other thoughts on anything we talked about today? E3, Sony, Microsoft, delays. We covered a lot today.
1: We did. There's a lot of content.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, thanks for joining uh, us guys, Jason, Rich. Um, be sure to check us out. We have our website up, but we didn't talk about that yet. Yep. It's nothing fancy. It's, 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 it's what we needed and we love it. Uh, check us out at campfiregamingpodcast.com you can listen to our podcast straight from that site or we have our various social links um, it's great we were able to get that up here in the last yeah. week or two
1: check us out on Facebook Twitter yeah YouTube
0: it's all linked there campfire Spotify. podcast yeah. yeah cool all right well until next time see you around the campfire.